Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. The Theater Guild on the Air. Tonight we bring you S.M. Behrman's comedy, The Second Man, starring Alfred Lunt as Clark Story, Jesse Royce Landis as Mrs. Kendall Friend, Peggy Conklin as Monica, and Paul McGrath as Austin. Story, the writer. But Clark's story is not there to answer it. Clark's story has not been there all afternoon, but his phone has been answered every time it has rung. It has been answered by Mrs. Kendall Frayne. Mrs. Kendall Frayne has been on hand all afternoon because she has an appointment with Clark's story. And Mrs. Kendall Frayne has begun to wonder if Clark's story has not been on hand for that same reason. I won't answer it. Oh. Mr. Clark Story's apartment. What? Well, uh, this is Mrs. Kendall Frayne. Who is this? Oh, Miss Gray. How do you do? Uh, no. No, Story was here, but he went out. He'll be back, I guess, in a few minutes. Yes, I'll leave a message for him. Not at all. Goodbye. So humiliating. Well, Colonel, I'm late. I'm awfully sorry. Story, I'm leaving. Oh, come on now. I'm not so late. Only an hour. Well, the distinguished English novelist insisted on my dropping into his hotel, and we got to talking. I'm leaving. Honestly, Kendall, I rushed up here as fast as I could. I had a fight with one taxi driver, and it took me hours to find another. Now, please don't be angry. I'm full of things to tell you. This always happens. Besides, I thought you'd be quite comfortable. I left my new story for you to read. That took exactly 15 minutes. Only that? Really, I must write a novel. Story, you've got to stop treating me like well, this. Well, I swear I... I only stayed so long because I thought it would amuse you to hear about the great English novelist. I kept saying to myself, now, this will amuse you. Don't talk to me like that. It's all right for Monica Gray. It's transparent to me. I... Oh, uh, she just telephoned you, by the way. What'd she want? You. Naturally. It was humiliating. I had to say you'd gone out. Uh, of course, she knew I was waiting for you. Well, I'm going. Uh, no, 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 please, just a minute. Uh, you're being very... Uh, hello? Oh, hello there, Austin. What about? Monica? Again? But I thought you were all set. Oh, you take her too seriously. Well, I'm busy just now. Uh, Mrs. Frayne? Uh, sure, later. Yeah, goodbye. Austin Lowe, all burned up about Monica Gray. And she's all burned up about you. Nonsense. She's a baby. Doesn't know what she wants. I think she does. 
Why don't you marry her? I have other plans. Meaning? Meaning you. Why should you want to marry me outside the fact that you love comfort and I'm rich? Well, outside of the fact that I love comfort and that you are rich, I like you very much. I like you enormously. You're the most intelligent woman I know. No, no. Not so intelligent. I discovered that just now, waiting for you. How? I was jealous. Of a celebrated English novelist? Oh, you misunderstand me, Kendall. No. Jealous of your independence of me, your self-sufficiency. I saw you there talking, enjoying yourself, reveling in your own fluency. I realized perfectly well you'd forgotten me. Or if you did think of me, you're saying, oh, she'll wait. I was jealous, Story. You too. Mm. My last hope is gone. <laughs> you see, Story, you aren't the least bit in love with me. Well, I feel a much rarer, more stable emotion, friendliness and all sorts of affection. Yes. I, know, I know, I know. I was hoping that you and I might demonstrate the triumph of the loveless marriage. I might even bow to that story if I didn't think you were in love with Monica Gray. Uh-huh. You've noticed how I look at her. Oh, yes. It's quite obvious that you want her. Well, perhaps... But aren't you a bit confused? I may want her, but does that mean I love her? <laughs> You're impossible, Story. Well, anyhow, what difference does it make? Monica will marry Austin Lowe. Uh, Austin's much too dull for Monica. Dull? The most promising young chemist in America, under 30, and he's actually discovered something new, an element. He hasn't discovered how to please Monica. Kendall, I'll let you into a little secret. Austin and Monica are engaged. Hmm. That's not the way I heard it. Just happened yesterday. And today it's all over town that you and Monica are engaged. Who'd say a ridiculous thing like that? I'd suspect Monica, wouldn't you? No, Monica would never say that. She knows I'm not going to marry her. How does she know? Because I told her the last time she proposed to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're much too flippant. I'm going. You'll come back and have dinner with me, won't you? I shouldn't. But you will. But I will. And story. Yeah? It's the end of the month, and I'll bet you haven't a cent. Oh, I uh, sold a magazine piece the other day. Yes, but you won't be paid for that for a while. Let me give you a check to tide you over. Oh, Ken, this is bad. You give me 200 now and 500 another time and 400 oh, why another. Why shouldn't you take my money? I've more than I need. Yes, but this way, it's so demoralizing. Ken, you've got to marry me and put me on a regular allowance. <laughs> Yes, waiter, thank you. And the other lady gets a martini. Yes, there now. Linda, Linda, you mustn't tell a soul, but it is true. Story and I are engaged. But of course, it's a big secret. Hello? Yes, this is Monica Gray. Oh, Harriet, darling. Yes, it's true. Clark Story and I are engaged. But he'd be furious if he thought I'd told anybody. Oh, hello, Austin. Hello, Story. Well, you don't look very chipper. I'm not. Story, I have to talk to you. What about? Monica. Monica? She's thrown me over. Oh, nonsense. She means it this time, Story. See here, Austin. Now, let's not just stand here like a pair of exhibits in a wax museum. Now, you sit down. Oh, thanks, Story. Now, what's it all about, Austin? Monica gave me back the ring. Well, I'm glad she did. I never was crazy about that ring. Now, Katya has just the thing for Monica. Now, it's an oblong... Oh, don't you see? She doesn't want any ring. She doesn't want me. Story, what'll I do? Leave her alone. She'll come back. Well, the worst of it is... 
What? She loves somebody else. Said so? Yes. Who? Wouldn't tell me. I don't believe it. Why not? She'd have told me. You... You think so? Certainly. She would, unless... Unless what? Unless the man she loves is you. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. Well, she likes you. She likes you better than me. That's plain. I don't see why you don't marry her. Well, she's penniless, for one thing. She couldn't stand the poverty of my menage. And <laughs> neither could I. It's so strange. I, I can't understand it. You're not in love with her? There speaks the eternal lover. I think it's strange that you are in love with her. She's pretty, I grant you, but great heavens, man, she's so young. She is young. So full of spirits. Isn't she? Always laughing, like the constant ringing of chimes. It is like chimes. Austin, anyone who looks as ecstatically miserable as you do right now obviously needs a drink. Yeah, I'll mix you one. Well, make it a scotch and soda. Well, if I thought it would make you regard Monica as something less than a goddess, I'd mix you a double zombie. I, I can't think of anything but Monica. No, here you are. Oh, thanks. You know, if you want Monica, really want her, you can get her. That's what you always say, but it's not true. Austin, don't you realize that Monica's a child? She doesn't at least know what she wants? Now, wait until after she's married. Now, that's up to you. Now, you talk to her teacher to see how wonderful science is, go on about the marvelous delicacy of your experiments. Oh, if I could only talk like you. Oh, that's easy. How? Cultivate superficiality. <laughs> if she only understood me as you do. Well, she should be made to. How? Maternal pressure. Monica's mother's perfectly cracked about the idea of having you for a son-in-law. Oh, it's not your scientific eminence. It's not even your family, though, of course, that has something to do with it. No. It's your money, my friend, your lucre, your multitudinous scratch. Well, I can hardly believe that. Well, I'm sorry, but that's what it is. The greys are mighty hard up. Monica's been dressing shamefully of late. Why, she looks better. I know, I know. Niftier in gingham than a fine lady in velvet. She looks wonderful in anything. Oh, how extraordinary that a little girl like Monica can make a scientist like you talk like a hack writer like me. <laughs> Look here, Story. I don't quite like your tone about Monica. I'm awfully fond of her. Now, don't misunderstand me. But she is a spoiled little minx. She's as shallow as a platter. Her lack of appreciation of you proves that. Well, she's only 20, and she's so gay, so full of fun. I can't prattle, Story. I, I can't follow her small talk. Her talk is not small. It's infinitesimal. <laughs> I don't do the things she likes. Dance, play tennis, you know. No, no, you wouldn't. But you'd better marry her anyway. Well, you keep telling me to marry her as if I didn't want to. Story, I'd give my soul. I don't think that will be necessary. If you'll only remember that everything's on your side, you've so much to offer. I wish I thought so. Well, if you persist, you will win her, as the military men say, by attrition. She told me not to try to see her, not to ring her up. I tell you, Story, I don't know what to do with myself. Oh, you're a great argument against celibacy, Austin, old boy. Excuse me? Hello? Oh, restaurant. Yes, I did call. I want dinner for two served in my apartment up here. Oysters, then clear soup, supreme of chicken with mushrooms, salad. Yes, yes, do that. At seven o'clock. Thank you, Frederick, for two. Oh, if that means you're inviting me for dinner, Story, I'm awfully grateful. Uh, but Austin, old man, I'm awfully sorry. Yes? Um, I'm awfully sorry it has to be chicken again. 
But you are invited. Thank you, Story. Now, I've got a little work to do. Uh, why don't you run around the corner of the chemist club, look over some of those fascinating magazines full of algebraic formulae, and then come back here to dine? Oh, that's awfully good of your story, really. I hate to be alone. I know. You know, you're the only person I can talk to. Well, we'll talk at dinner. Uh, a story, uh, there's something else. Yes? I've been wanting to speak to you about it for some time. Oh? Yeah, it's uh, about money. That's my favorite subject. <laughs> uh, your uh, writing, does it... Uh, well, I, I mean to say, does it bring you in very much? Not much. Money, if that's what you mean. Well, that's what I thought. Well, you see, I... <laughs> well, I mean to say... Well, hang it all, I'm so rich, Story. Won't you let me help you out occasionally? Of course I will. Thank you, Story. <laughs> Not at all. You're welcome, Austin, old boy. Hello, Monica. I'm in my apartment. Of course. All right. Well, what if I did tell you I wasn't going to be here? But I am here, and I wanted to make sure that you'd come over. No, your ears are functioning quite well. Now make it soon. Goodbye. Oh, come on in, Monica. Won't I just, though? Yes, and you'll just, though, go part of your nose. Well, what do you think I did just before I rang your bell? Well, go comb your hair, then. I'll bet you haven't combed your hair for three hours. Why do you want to get me out of this room? Because the telephone is in this room, and I want to use it privately. All right. But it doesn't take me long to comb my hair. Hello. Ken. Ken, listen, darling. Will you ring me up in about 15 minutes? Now, never mind what I say. Just phone me. Comedy, my dear. I'll tell you later. Oh, and Ken, I've changed my mind about dining here. I'll come to your place about 6.30. Yes, darling, I did order dinner, but I'm going to let two other people eat it. Goodbye. All right, Monica, your hair must be beautiful by now. Oh, thank heavens. Sorry, what was that phone call about? Business, just a plot I'm working on. Is it a wonderful story? Yes, with a happy ending. They get a divorce. <laughs> You're cynical. But you do write wonderful stories. My stories are dishwater. Dishwater with eau de cologne in it. Why did you ask me to come here? Because I want to know about you and Austin. I can't go through with it, that's all. But you told me, you definitely told me you'd made up your mind to marry him. You're not a bit nice today. You're an awful nitwit, Monica. I'm not. You're a nitwit. Story, tell me the truth. Wouldn't you rather have me sitting on your lap than Mrs. Frayne? I can't imagine Mrs. Frayne sitting on anybody's lap. No one requires you to imagine that, my dear. I don't like Mrs. Frayne. She likes you. I don't believe it. I'm sure she says nasty things about she me. She doesn't discuss you. She thinks you're very pretty, but adolescent. I may be young, but my thoughts are mature. What have you been reading? No, I don't like Mrs. Frayne. She's a bad influence on you. Will you please stop chattering about Mrs. Frayne and tell me about you and Austin? Would you really let me marry you? Let you? I pray for it. You mean you go to church and watch it happen? Yes, and go home and rub my palms and say, that's that. 
But I'd always be awfully fond of you, Monica. Fond? Well, mighty lucky for you, I'm not in love with you. Now, tell me about you and Austin. I will. Well? Now, don't hurry me, darling. I'm going to stay here a long time. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. I'm going to stay here and dine with you. And then we'll have a long talk. And after that, we'll take a walk. And after that? I'll come back with you if you like. I won't marry you, Monica, no matter what you do. Oh, sorry. I'm so unhappy. Why? Because nobody loves me. Austin loves you? He's crazy about oh, you. Oh, don't talk to me about Austin. He bores me. He bores me to death. Monica, I want to tell you something. Now listen. Now listen. I intend to be honest about Austin. You get me, don't you? He's so helpless that I don't intend to take advantage of him. Besides, he's a fine fellow. He's awfully sincere. He's awfully honest. But he bores me. I don't like him. Well, he's inarticulate, but he has a fine brain. A chemist moniker, a practical chap, also helpful around the house. I don't love him. Well, you might learn. One can learn to love anybody. But I love you, Stuart. Oh, now, don't be a silly child. What sort of a life do you suppose we'd have together? Cozy. Well, what would we live on? I'll work. At what? I'll typewrite. What? Your stories. But when I marry, I won't write any more stories. Oh. Well, then I'll go into the movies. I have a friend who's a director. Your mother would be delighted. Oh, by the way, I've told mother. You've told mother what? But I can't marry Austin because I'm in love with you. You didn't. Mother despises you, Stormy. And you're fool enough to tell well, her? Well, that's not all I told her. Quite enough. I told her that you loved me, too, and that you'd ask me to marry you, and that I'd said yes. You see, I intend to make quite a campaign. I have a good mind to I thought you. that if I told Mother you'd ask me that you'd be, well, sort of compromised. You see, I'm trying to get it spread around that we're engaged. Now, Monica. For once, don't talk and listen to me. The fact is that I'm doing all this for your good. You ought to marry a poor girl, Story. It would stimulate you, make you work harder. Are you quite finished? Not quite. I just got an idea. I think I'll phone an announcement of our engagement to the newspapers. You'll do no such thing. I've got you, Story. I've got you at last. Now, come here. Now, you come here. Now, put that down. There, now. Now, you sit down like a lamb and concentrate on what I'm going to tell you. All right, teacher. I'm too old for you, Monica. And yet you want me to marry Austin? He's as old as the hills. He's much younger than I am. Well, he seems older. Look, uh, hand me that magazine over there beside my handbag, will you? There it is. He sent it to me. It has an article of his in it. Look here. Now, I ask you. Proceedings of the International Physiochemical League. A new method of separating atoms and eons, which are chemically similar but have different weights by diffusion, including the separation of radium from the barium residues, tells you what to expect, doesn't it? <laughs> now, whatever do you think Austin thought I'd see in that? Now, wait. This is very touching, Monica. This is his great work, and if you had any imagination, you would see that giving it to you was a tender and beautiful gesture. Now, this is... Austin's lyric, Monica. Oh, you're so generous about others' story. I love you for it. Don't be too sure of my motive. Perhaps it's because I want to conveniently get rid of you. Well, I won't marry Austin. Why not? He won't bother you. Spends ages in his laboratory, you know. Well, I'm sure he doesn't sleep in his laboratory. Uh, 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 Monica, really? Uh-uh. Impossible. <laughs> story, am I so terrible? Don't you love me at all? I'm awfully fond of you. But I'm going to marry Mrs. Frayne, if she'll have me. Oh, just because she's rich. The trouble with you is you're selfish. Of course I am. Well, just admitting it doesn't do any good. You, you like to go about and be petted by people and your silly little comforts. Story, I know deep down you're fonder of me than of anyone. 
Just as I know that I'm fonder of you than I ever shall be of anyone. Oh, Monica. Monica, uh, you're so young. <laughs> Story. No, no. Story, darling. Uh, Kiss uh, me. <laughs> Don't answer it. It's Austin, thanks. Austin? Oh, well, I think it's Austin. Don't answer it. He'll go away. Um... <clears throat> Come on in, Austin. The door's open. Promise me you'll get rid of him. Promise. Hello, Story. I... Monica? Speak to the gentleman, Monica. <laughs> Hello, Austin. I'm awfully glad to find you here, Monica. Are you? Yes. You excuse me? Yes. Oh, hello. Waiting for me? But our engagement was for Sunday, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> No, is this Sunday? Oh, how stupid of me. Yes, of course, I can make it easily. I'll be right there. Goodbye. Well, certainly lucky you two are both here. Why, what's happened? Well, why? Well, I had a date for Sunday, and I thought it was Saturday. And here I've gone and ordered dinner for two cents up. Austin, would you mind dining with Monica instead of me? Here? Yes, I've ordered a delicious dinner. Oh, I'd love to. Well, that is, if Monica... Oh, I'm delighted. I'm simply overjoyed with happiness. Well, I really got the dash. Oh, Austin, would you mind lending me a dollar for taxi fare? I don't believe I have a cent on it. Oh, of course. Well, there's one thing about Austin. He's not one of those millionaires who never has any money on him. You want more? Here's a 20. Well, perhaps I'd better. So long, children. <laughs> uh, you'll find everything ready for a cocktail in the kitchenette. I'll, I'll go and start mixing them, Monica. This is a dirty trick story. You're dining with Mrs. Frame. Yes, and you're going to stay here with Austin. Think how good the cocktails will be mixed by a chemist. Goodbye. <laughs> Monica. Well, what is it? Uh, I've been reading the directions, and it doesn't say how much gin or how much vermouth, Monica. Are you any good at mixing cocktails? <laughs> blind children who can't see their daddies, children who need your help. Operation Eyesight can do a cataract operation for just $25 so the curably blind children of the third world can see. You can help with a donation to Operation Eyesight Universal, Box 123, Calgary, Alberta, T2P286. Operation Eyesight helps millions of people to see. You can help too. Please? You are tuned to FM 105.7 CHRE. The curtain rises on Act Two of The Second Man, starring Alfred Lunt as Story, Jesse Royce Landers as Kendall, Peggy Conklin as Monica, and Paul McGrath as Austin. because there is nobody there. It's not even because there is only one person there too sane to talk to himself. It's because there are two people there, Austin Lowe and Monica Gray. Austin too much in love with Monica, and Monica too little in love with Austin, 
for either one to have much to say to the other. They're finishing the dinner that Clark Story ordered for them. Will, uh, will you have some more coffee, Monica? No, thanks. It's, a. Uh, it's a jolly dining up here. Isn't it? It is for me, anyway. I suppose you're bored. Oh, no, of course not. I wish I knew how to amuse you, Monica. You're restful, Austin. That's something. But it's not enough. If I could really talk the way Story can. Or if Story could really feel the way you can. If I could just find the words. Monica, I don't think it's just selfishness that makes me want you. I think when I look at you sometimes that we belong to each other. That we are like two hemispheres. Take us separately and we mean nothing. Put us together and we form a perfect rounded whole. Austin, you are finding the words. If you could only love me, Monica, your love would be like a magnet. And we would come together side by side like, 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 like two pieces of steel shavings in a magnetic field. <laughs> Idea. If I could only awaken you, Monica, the, the way a student may be awakened to the interrelation of everything in the cosmos. Monica, do you realize that biology and physics are moving closer together every day? Austin, are you talking about love? Yes. Well, I guess what you mean is that you're in love with me. And if I were in love with you, then we'd be in love. I guess so. You're a dear, Austin. Far too nice for me. I'm just a restless little nobody who doesn't know what she wants. You're fairly certain about what you don't want. Austin. Yes? Do you like Mrs. Frayne? Yes, I think she's a lovely woman, don't you? She probably was. I wonder, will Story really marry her? I've no idea. I think she's in love with him. Why not? I think it would be a good match, don't you? How can I tell? Story sees her every day. Can't we really find anyone to talk about except Story? Well, you're so keen about him. What makes you think that? Aren't you? I despise him. But last night... Last night doesn't matter. Today does. I despise him. Well, then perhaps... Perhaps... Perhaps what? If there's no one else, I... I mean, if you're not in love with Story or anyone else, perhaps... Please, Austin. Oh, Monica. Monica, you're crying. Aren't you happy? Not very. Why don't you marry somebody else, somebody worthy of you? Because I want you, Monica. I suppose I'm stupid. I've tried to reason you out of my consciousness. I can't do it. Well, I'm just as stupid as you are, Austin. Stupider. Why? For loving him. Loving whom? Story. Story? Of course. Who else? But for... But he's asked Mrs. Frayne to marry him. They shan't marry. Monica, do you want to marry Story yourself? Story's in love with me. He isn't. He told me so. When? Just before you came. He lied. Why should he lie? I asked him to tell me the truth. Austin. What? Austin, look at this. A check for $500 made out to Story. Oh, you shouldn't look at it, Monica. Austin, it's signed by Mrs. Frayne. Well, they'll probably marry soon. I don't see any harm in it. She's trying to buy him. He seems willing to sell. He has no character, not an ounce. And yet, you want him? No, no, I'm orphan for life, I swear. Oh. You want to marry me, don't you? Well, I've changed my mind. I'll marry you after all.
Yes, Ken. This has been very nice this evening. But you haven't yet told me why we didn't have dinner in your apartment as we planned. Because Austin and Monica are having dinner there. Story, does this have anything to do with that absurd telephone call you had me make to you? Of course. As an extremely self-critical writer, I maintain that this is one of my best plots. Why are you pushing Monica and Austin together? Why? Because Austin will make an admirable husband for her. She'll settle down and have babies and live in luxury. Her mother will spend her old age in comfort. And so shall I, Kendall, with you. <laughs> would you want to marry me if I were poor? That would be presumptuous. Presumptuous? I'm afraid you're a luxury I couldn't afford. <laughs> you're awfully mercenary. I'm mature. But I'm honest as well as mercenary. If you do marry me, I promise, I absolutely promise not to live above your income. <laughs> Perhaps. But what about, what about other women? Oh, I'll always come back to you. Oh. You make me feel like a terminal. <laughs> oh, I wish I weren't in love with you. Well, you won't be long. We'll be very happy. I've been in love with you now for three years. Yeah, but most of that time, your husband was alive. Oh, Story. <laughs> Stop being superficial. Well, here we are. Won't you come in? Only if you believe that that will compromise you. I withdraw the invitation. Oh, what an admirable character you have, Kendall. Well, perhaps I should be getting back to my apartment anyway. Monica and Austin should be in each other's arms by now, and I should get home before their passion advances to the point of... Breaking their engagement again. Oh, hello, children. Oh, sorry. We're awfully glad you came back before we left, because now we can tell you. Tell me what? Monica and I are going to be married after all. Well, congratulations. May I kiss the bride, Austin? You keep away from me. Austin, I want to go now. Hello. Ken? Hey, darling, my little scheme works. Yes, they're going to be married. Uh, no, no, look. You know, we ought to take them out tomorrow night to celebrate. Well, just leave the arrangements to me. I'll see you then. Goodbye. Monica, what are you doing here? I shook Austin. I had to come back and talk to you, Story. Oh, Monica. Monica. You little fool. Oh, Monica, darling. Story. Now, whatever made me do that? Every bit of feeling that you've been pretending you haven't got, Story. Monica, I... What? Uh, would you mind going to the other side of the room? Very much. Would you mind not looking at your watch? Uh, Monica, here, I have a proposition to make to you. I hope so. I propose that you turn around, march out the door, get a taxi, and go home. <laughs> you just say that because you're afraid of the alternative. Oh, no, no, I'm not. No, you are. You are, Story. You just say that because that you don't know yourself what the alternative is. <laughs> what is it? Just this. Story. Story, leave me alone. Story, don't. Story, put me down. Where are you taking me? Well, I'm sure you'll find a taxi downstairs, Monica. Story, you're hot.
nice place for the celebration story. Yes, an old place like a nightclub to celebrate an engagement or to lay the groundwork for a divorce. <laughs> Let's toast the happy couple. Austin, Monica, to your married life. May it be like the good prose of the English masters, solid, clear, sometimes hovering close to poetry, but in the main, sensible and intelligent and well-behaved. Nice toast story. I don't think it's nice at all. I certainly don't want that kind of marriage. What kind do you want, Monica? I'd like my marriage to be always like fine poetry, thrilling and exciting and lovely. That's a large order. I suppose you mean that only you could fill it, story. Why, Austin? I think we'd better dance. Monica, Austin, wouldn't you like to dance? You dance with Monica. Perhaps you'd better, story. All right, fine. Monica? You dance well, Monica. You lead well, Story. What's the matter with Austin? Maybe he senses that I'm in love with you. Don't say that again, Monica. Story, why did you send me away last night? For your own good? No. You were afraid to be alone with me. You were afraid you'd tell me you loved me. All right. I was afraid to tell you that I love you. You can tell me now. There's a crowd around. I do love you, Monica. Tell me. Tell me. You're rare and exquisite. You're never out of my mind. Your sadness, your youth, your laughter. You know, when you laugh, it's like the beginning of the world before sorrow and death came. Darling. Oh, I am old. Old? You're not? Oh, I am. There's someone else inside of me, a second man. A cynical, odious person who keeps watching me, who keeps listening to what I say, grinning and sophisticated and horrid. He never lets me be this other man. Kill him. I can't kill him. He'll outlive me. I'll kill him for you. You can't. Even now he's looking at me. He's mocking me. He's saying, you fool talking nonsense to this girl, pretending that you want her above everything. You're making love to her because words come easily to you. But you really wouldn't get up early in the morning for her. You just like to touch her because she's young and lovely. Story, darling, I know you're fine and decent. Oh, yes. He hears you say I'm fine and decent, and he says the illusions of an adolescent of a love-struck girl. I'll beat him, Story. I'll beat him. I wish you could. Oh, I just needed to know that you love me. Tell me it again. Let me hear you say it again. I love you. No, the way you said it before. But I can't now, Monica. I'm afraid the second man is in full control again. Now, don't fight. Very unbecoming when women fight. Some man always gets hurt. Let him fight, Story. Let you and I fight. Why, Austin, why do you want to fight me? Let's all fight. I say this place is nicer because it's noisier. And I say I hate Story, and I say we ought to have a good fight. You call this noisy? What did you say? You call this noisy? Yes, don't you? I can't hear. I said this place isn't noisy. Come on back to my house. I've got a noisy refrigerator. <laughs> All right. 
let's uh, have a nightcap. I don't see why we had to come back to your apartment, Story. <laughs> it's because Story doesn't ever like to admit that a party's over. <laughs> I came to be with Story. Who are all you others? <laughs> I'm the man you're going to marry, remember? <laughs> don't answer, Monica. In vino veritas. What does that mean? It means that when you're tight, you tell your real name. <laughs> wonderful idea, wonderful. Everybody tell absolute truth. All right, Monica. You might begin by telling why you lied to me last night. Huh? You told me you were going downtown. You came back here. Sure, I came back. What of it? I suspected something. When she told me to go on alone, I came back and I saw her go in. I hung around in the street. Oh, let's not play truth. Let, uh, let's tell fairy tales. Let's pretend Story loves me. Wait, I... wait a minute, Ken. Austin, you hung around in the street, you? Yes, I did. It was all I could do to keep from bursting in on you. I hated you, Story. I hate you now. Why? Because I saw Monica coming in here, going to you. I saw her looking up to you with love in her eyes. I saw... I wanted you to die. Well, love reduces everybody to a common denominator. <laughs> Here's Austin Lowe, whose knowledge makes him one man in ten million, and yet he stands in the street looking up at the window and wanting to kill me because I'm kissing a girl. <laughs> Austin, you're a Zulu. I suppose you're so darn civilized. I know, not at all. When you told me Monica was going to marry you, I felt a pang of resentment, too. Oh, you admit it. Oh, it didn't spring from love of you, Monica. I felt quite does he deserve it. I felt an impulse to take her away from you, Austin. But this is a very interesting story. No, no, it's not that I'm in love with Monica. Liar. I'm not having a very good time here. I'm going home. Yes, yes, that's right, Austin. Let's leave Monica and Story alone. Why don't you? Go ahead, why don't you? Because I'm afraid I'd spend a sleepless night. Oh, no, 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 listen here. Monica, if you married me, you'd be happy for a year and unhappy the rest of your life. With Austin, you'll be unhappy for a year and happy the rest of your life. <laughs> it sounds delightful. <laughs> Maybe I ought to marry Austin. Well, Matt Ramon in L.A., he's as secure as the Gilded Edge Barn. Uh, what do you say, Austin? I say I'm in love with Monica. I'm out of love story. Well, don't weep over him. I'll take you on. <laughs> I accept you. Not because you're worthy, but because I can't help you. Yeah, everybody, she accepts me. No. No. Yes, Monica. Well, then there's something I'm going to say. Everybody's telling the truth. Why shouldn't I? Well, I have an idea. This isn't going to what, be the what truth. What is it, Monica? Think, child. I'm going to tell. Something tells me we shouldn't listen. I'm going to tell. All of you, listen. I want you to know that story, story is the father of my child, my unborn child. <laughs> curtain rises on Act Three of The Second Man, starring Alfred Lunter's story, Jeffy Royce Landis as Kendall, Peggy Conklin as Monica, and Paul McGrath as Austin. Once again, it is quiet in the apartment of Clark's story, but once again, it is not because the place is uninhabited. It is 15 minutes since Monica made her startling announcement. It took exactly 13 minutes for Austin and Mrs. Frayne to speak their indignant minds and leave. 
And for the past two minutes, Clark Story and Monica have been staring at each other. Somebody has to break this silence. I had no idea they'd make such a fuss, Story. What did you expect? Congratulations? I guess I didn't think. Story, don't you want me? No. I won't let you go, Story. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to bring you back to the youth that you've let go. But I don't want to go back. I can't go back. It's such a little distance, Story. Is it? These things you're selling yourself for, what good are they? Story, darling, I can see such a fine way we might live. Tell you it wouldn't work, Monica. I can see us now, five years from now, in a cheap flat, you looking blousy with little wrinkles under your eyes, and I in cheap shirts and cracked shoes, brooding in a room over the corpse of my genius. <laughs> you can't have life on your terms, Monica. I can't. Nobody can. I see I can't, anyway. You're brutally clear, Story. Oh, I'll marry you, Monica. But the joke's on you. Who's that? Oh, all right, I'm coming. I'm coming. Whoever you are, what are you doing up before 11? I'm coming. Well, Austin. Hello. Sit down, Austin. Sit down. You've obviously been out in the rain. Yes. What doing? Walking. Oh, but my dear fellow, you shouldn't be doing that. You're ill. This isn't a friendly visit story. No? I've come to kill you. Oh, my dear Austin, you are ill. That's why I've come. I tell you there isn't any reason on earth why you should kill no me. No reason. Last night was as unreal as a nightmare. Oh, don't deny anything. It only makes you more hateful. Today, Monica, will probably tell you herself it was a lie. Nothing can save you, Story. My dear chap, let me get you a cup of tea. Don't you laugh at me. There. Uh, is uh, that gun loaded? Why do you think I brought it? Did you go home for this? <laughs> well, you needn't have. I, I have one upstairs. I'll lend it to you. You don't believe I'll do it. That's why you're so flippant. Oh, I suppose you will. I suppose at the threshold of the great unknown, as they call it, I should be some. Words. Well, of course, a habit. I'm sorry. You press that thing, no more words. Death is probably very commonplace. Disintegration, restitution into original elements. That's your province, Austin. Talker. Well, I can't help it, old man. It will wag. Not a real emotion. Not a real feeling, even now. Well, real emotions and real feelings are destructive. I've learned to do without them. That's uh -huh. civilization. The old boat. Well, it's true. Now, you're in the grip of a real emotion, a real feeling, and what's it doing to you? Now, no, no, no. Now, well, listen a second. If you could empty your heart of its burden as easily as you can empty the cylinder there, well, there'd be some sense in curving your finger. But after I'm lying there, silent for once, will you be any happier? The world will be better off without you. Well, now, don't pretend this is a crusade. <laughs> you want to shoot me because you think Monica's belong to me. No matter what the reason, I can't enjoy your living. That I can understand. Uh, have you made any plans for the future? What's it to you? Well, it's curious. First you, then myself. Both of us. Oh, that is rather a pity. You know, you will be a loss to the community. You might discover something perfectly tremendous, a cure for cancer, an escalator to Mars. Austin, uh, uh, do you mind not pointing that at me? I admit it makes me rather nervous. Have you nothing else to say? Uh, oh, <laughs> one last speech. Oh, dear me. Well, <clears throat> I can't think of a thing. Isn't it funny? Now, I'd like to say something brilliant. I can't. I've often wondered how all those great men engineered their deathbed speeches, made them up in advance, I bet. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait. 
Wait. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. I've thought of something. Say it quick. His last words were, give my love to Monica. That's enough! Oh. Oh, good heavens. Good heavens. Oh, no, no. Don't feel bad, old fellow. You nicked the table. You won't miss me next time. <laughs> I'm no good at this sort of thing. Well, I don't mind. <laughs> uh, Sierra, Austin, what, what, what you need is a, is, a, is a drink and rest. Now, lots of rest. I am tired, Story, so tired. Now, Austin, look. Now, you go into my bedroom. You lie down while I fix you a nice, stiff drink. Thanks, Story. Thanks very much. Now, Austin, wait, wait a minute. Yes? I'll just take care of that gun, Austin. <laughs> Kendall, it's delightful to see you. I scarcely expected to after last night. Do I smell gunpowder? Yes, Austin Lowe. He came to kill me and remained to take a nap. Oh, <laughs> poor fellow. I like that, the poor fellow. Well, what about me? You deserve it. You mean on account of what Monica said last night? Now, Kendall, even if it were true. Now, don't deny it, Story. Spare me that. I came to say goodbye. Goodbye? Yes, I'm going to South America. When? Probably on the 10th, on the Clipper. They'll give me time to get my passports. I tell you sol solemnly that what Monica said last night isn't true. Don't stoop to that story. Monica must love you very much to confess before everybody the way she did last night. You don't know the half of it. It's Monica I came to talk to you about, really. Yes. At first, I suppose it'll be a little hard for you, economically. Especially if you mean to do serious work. So I... Well, I thought perhaps... You want to give us money to start the new life on? Well, I have so much, and I'm alone. It's an excellent idea. <laughs> but I'm afraid Monica wouldn't see it. She needn't know. Would you have us both start the new life on a lie? Always laugh. Well, why not? Isn't life amusing? Kendall, you and I might have lived a civilized life. You have the two great requirements for the wife of a poor but intelligent man. Money and tolerance. Unfortunately, my tolerance doesn't extend to this. This, as you call it, is a lie. It doesn't exist. Goodbye, Story. Oh, no, don't go, Ken. Goodbye, Story. Kendall, you can't leave me like this. You can't run away. You can't believe that ridiculous lie. Really, you can't. Apparently, she can. <laughs> my child. Uh, how are you? I'm glad I ran into you. I, I tried calling you. I wanted to see you. I was at Stories. I went there to say goodbye to him. Goodbye? Yes, I'm going to South America. I shall be gone a long time. Oh, but you needn't go. My dear child. And you needn't call me a child. I'm old now. All of a sudden? Yes. What's aged you? Never mind, but I tell you sincerely, if it's on my account, you needn't go. What inspires this mood of renunciation? It's not renunciation. It's indifference. Indifference? Yes, I'm on my way now to tell Story that I don't love him. <laughs> I went to tell him that once. I stayed, though. Mrs. Frayne, I must tell you that what I said last night wasn't true. Thanks, but one doesn't invent that sort of lie. Mrs. Frayne, I don't want Story. Monica, it's true. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I never thought I'd have to say poor Story. But I have to know. Why? Because I don't want him either. Oh, 
Well, hello, Monica. Hello, Story. Sit down, won't you? Thanks. Monica, last night after you left, I had two hours of introspection. So did I. I've been wrong about a number of things. I'd like to live in a little cottage with you. Now, Story, really. I mean it, Monica. But will you change it all? I'll try to be what you think of me. Thank you. Don't you believe me? What? Don't you believe me that I'll try? What's the matter? What are you staring at me for? I'm trying to discover why I ever loved you. Well, don't you know? No. Because last night I saw you as you really are. A fat thing lolling in an armchair with a brain ticking inside like a clock. I am not fat, Monica. Your body isn't and your brain isn't, but your soul is, Story. I see it all now. You stand in front of me and it doesn't mean a thing. Oh, don't talk like that. I'll fall in love with you. You're too clever for me, Story. Your emotions are too complicated. Oh, I wish I were like Austin. His emotions are as simple as a child's. No second man peering over his shoulder. He's a darling. The darling almost shot me this morning. Shot you? He came here in a simple, uncomplicated mood. He's a rotten shot. Where'd he go? He's taking a nap. Well, how is he? Feverish. He's been up all night, walking in the rain. We ought to have a doctor. I don't think so. Champagne and jealousy. What did he say? Well, he was incoherent. Had an idea. He ought to avenge your honor, I suppose. Acted like a moving picture hero and talked like an idiot, if there's any difference between the two. (laughs) Well, didn't you tell him that what I said last night... Of course I told him, but he wouldn't believe me. Nobody will believe the truth now. Really, Monica. Think what he must have gone through to want to do that. Can you imagine the trial if he'd succeeded? Wouldn't the newspapers love it? Scientist kills writer over woman, following an all-night champagne party and clock stories, luxurious each side apartment, the night of licentiousness, and you on the witness stand. Hey, what would you say? Would you tell them the truth, that you lied to save me from myself to prevent me from making a mercenary marriage? But if you did that, you'd deprive the defense of a case. You'd send Austin to the chair. Story, you're dreadful. And even if you said it was true, there might be difficulties. The prosecution would want proof beyond your statement. I believe you said you were the mother of my unborn child. Well, Monica, they'd want the child. Monica, you'd have to produce a child. My, oh, Monica. Austin, darling. I thought you were asleep. He's ill. Story, I'm going now. You are not. Why, he's feverish. Austin, sit down. I'll I'll get you something to drink. Monica. Yes? Did Story tell you what I... Yes, he told me. You must know everything. I must tell you everything. You must know why I made up my mind to kill him. It wasn't alone because I hated him, but because I wanted to hurt you, Monica. I know. But all the time, I... It's hard for me to explain. I loved you. You were inside of me. I was desperate to tear you out. I see now I can't do it. I'll I'll never do it. I have no existence apart from you. Austin, you needn't try to explain yourself to me. I understand you. I understand you very well. My trouble is, how can I make you understand that what I said last night wasn't true? Not true? How can I make you understand that it's all over now? That last night, yesterday, I loved story. But today, I don't. I I believe you. You don't owe me explanations, Monica. But I want you to know everything that's in my thoughts, Austin. I still feel a pain about Story, even now. But it isn't for him. It's for the feeling I had for him, that it should have been wasted. That feeling that will never come again, that can't come again. I suppose I'm luckier than you, Monica, because mine remains. Austin, are you sorry? Oh, Monica... 
You here close to me. It's like being alive for the first time. No, here's your tally. I had it finished five minutes ago, but I drank it and made another. Uh, here, Austin. I don't need it now, Story, thanks. We're just leaving together, Story. Oh? Yes. I'm sorry, Story. Well, bless you, my children. Uh, thanks. Coming, Monica? Yes. Goodbye, Story. Well, it's what I always told you to do. It's the best for all of us, isn't it? I think so, Story. Goodbye. Well, that's what I always told you to do. Hello? Uh, is Mrs. Frey in there? Oh, hello, Kendall. Story. I'm frightfully low, Kendall. You've got to come over and cheer me up. She's gone. Certainly with Austin. Well, we'll dance at their wedding, Kendall. Uh, well, what about dinner? Uh, busy, uh? Uh, what, uh, oh, packing? Uh, oh, let's, let's have dinner together. I, 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 I haven't had a chance to say goodbye decently yet. Uh, Ken... I, I've never known you to be so stubborn. In, in common justice, you ought to take me back until Austin and Monica... Well, that's the very least you can do. And Kendall, I promise you, I absolutely promise you that if their baby bears the slightest resemblance to me... Oh, oh you're laughing, huh? You're laughing. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Why, why should you? No, 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 no. Keep your passport and we'll get another. Yes, of course. Oh, no, it's lovely this time of year. You know, we'll fly to Rio and then Mora Inland. Oh, it's a heavenly trip. You know, one of... Uh, sure. For the Theater Guild on the air includes Homer Fickett, director, George Condolph, producer, and Armina Marshall, executive director of the radio department. Music for tonight's play was composed and conducted by Harold Levy, and the play adapted for radio by Kenyon Nicholson. Your announcer, Norman Brokenshire. <laughs> Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.